um, but esoterically, um, the Aquarian is fluid and mutable. They are able to 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 quickly adapt themselves to life's changes. To to they're not rigid in their thinking, not like Capricornians, um, but they're very very open-minded and embraceable of all types of religions, all types of phenomena, all types of ways of thinking, and they try to bring this into some sort of harmony. And this is, again, the New Age way. Uh, Pisces, the age we've just gone, which is the next sign, that's um, the two fishes are yoked together. They bonded, and so there's rigidity of thinking, sort of um, Christianity and Judaism and uh, and Buddhism. These rigid sort of um, types of thought structures and religious structures. Um, that's Piscean. Whereas Aquarian is no, I'm not Christian as such. I'm not Buddhist as such. I'm not, you know, Hebrew. I'm a mixture of all of these things. Um, that's the difference between the two signs. So we're now transiting out of the sign Pisces, the fishes, where the bondage is there, the, the fishes are swimming in water of, of emotions, and Pisces is the most mediumistic of all the signs, the most watery in a sense, in terms of more murky, bonded waters. Um, whereas the Aquarian is the most free of all the signs in terms of consciousness. It's the awakening of the heart proper and the epoch of, of love, as I said. It's group service, group work, group interrelationships. And we see this, of course, all around us, those of us in the New Age. We all band together in our new forms of tribes and, and um, tribal groups and uh, rainbow gatherings and so forth. This is all Aquarian and it's, like it's still the genesis of, of the proper fluidity of the entire civilization that will be. Um, exoterically, we have um, superficial and selfish thinking. Esoterically, we have the group conscious, in the, uh, group conscious disciple, where in group consciousness you're not thinking of yourself, but of the group. So first and foremost, it's what is good for the group, what is good for the humanity around you, and then you think of yourself. Whereas in the average human being, they think of themselves first, and the group or nation or civilization which they're part of second. It's the high correspondence of, for instance, where the Indians, American Indians, where they thought of their group first, their tribe first, and they themselves are only a part of that tribe, and their body was, or their life was worth nothing. Um, it was only of use in terms of the, the, the good of the tribe as a whole. And the same with this new age way of thinking. We think of ourselves first as part of a group and part of giving to the group, and then our, our lives are meaningful in the context of that. That's the way it will go in the future. Um, there's 12 petals of the heart, and so the entire awakening of the heart center um, has got to do with the symbolism of, um, of the sign Aquarius. It's energy and energy into relationships in the area element. Um, so esoterically, Jupiter, the lord of love, second area of love wisdom, and hierarchically, the moon, which veils certain planets, which we won't go into here but the entire psychic world of the waters is mastered in Aquarius. And finally we get Pisces. Pisces is another um, difficult, um, it's a somewhat difficult to explain. Um, Aquarius is a fixed sign. Pisces is a mutable sign. And again, it's kind of the waters, the sort of the watery sign. And um, here, in my particular card, I've got one arm of the, the mutable cross there to indicate that. But in terms of cosmic energies and um, interrelated symbols to do with um, the eyes of fishes and, and inward and outward um, way of thinking, it's um, the sign of um, of an avatar, the cosmic avatar. The Pisces is the sign of death, 
um, the death that brings forth new life. Um, so Pisces is the last of the signs of the zodiac, the twelfth signs of the third. So there's beginning, if you want, initial mental beginnings in Aries, and in Pisces you get the ending of the cycle, therefore the sign of death. And therefore esoterically and hierarchically it's Pluto, lord of death, that rules Pisces. And um, exoterically it's Jupiter, the, the love principle, the, the wisdom principle. Um, so it's the avatar that comes in at the end of each cycle that brings to death the old way of thinking and brings on the new that comes in on Pisces. It's a it's a quite a, a difficult thumb proper therefore I have at the very centre of you we say a Buddha um um giving the will of the law um because it's the, the symbol is the, the the ending of the cycle and the ending of the dispensation and the bringing out of a new dispensation. Uh, and so it's a mutable cross. And um, but exoterically, when you see Pisces in a, in a person's chart, then you're always looking for mediumistic tendencies. Mediumistic tendencies also means, um, for instance, drug taking. Um, all forms of drugs produce medium type, mediumistic type tendencies. Um, and you're looking for strong influences along those lines, you know, whether they're taking visions through drugs or they've got um, psychic sort of visions from, from the astral realms. Pisces, the strong sort of um, aspects to Pisces will generally always tend um, towards that. And of course, a susceptibility to formed ways of thinking, formed religions, a bondage to form one way or the other. So there's a certain limitation to the thinking process of patternings of the Piscean subject. Um, so we're often talking about bonded materialistic activity and in, in, um, superficial and bonded activity in Pisces for the average person. Um, and um, the esoteric disciple, the one that's battling for discipleship, they sacrifice themselves for the other. In Pisces, it's a, it's a sign of sacrifice because you come under Pluto. And whenever you see Pluto in a chart, then you're looking at something that you're dying to. Something, somewhere in a chart you're going to have to die to. And that means crises. It means that you have to give up something that you cherish or that you believe, some belief system that you cherish, that you must give up. And that always means crises. So Pisces often has this, this problem of, of pain and suffering there for that individual. Um, if they are, um, you know, battling with, with life itself, and um, then the the higher the the, the enlightened being is the world's saviour. Um, therefore, Jesus technically came in Pisces. He said, "Come unto me, and I'll make you fishers of men." The symbol the the the, the, the Christians uh, have on their cars, you know, the symbol of the fish, <laughs> right, which is Pisces. Um, everything to do with, with, with Jesus was the, the, the Piscean disposition because he was the world's saviour. He brought in the new teachings of love, um, superseding the old teaching of an eye and an eye for a tooth for a tooth of the Jews. Um, he said, you know, there's only one commandment that you love one another, even as I, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. This shall be your new commandment and this takes place of all the others. Um, and but the the way was still to do with the bondage of religious ideas. Um, therefore, it's the sign of the world's saviour, um, as Jesus was, and um, symbolism is fishes, fishes of men. 
So think much of the consciousness of fish. What we mean by fishes, incidentally, are disciples or people's, the astral plane is the, the second of the plane's perception and its element is water. An astral plane is all the heavens and hell states and the psychic states of human beings. And so fishes are those that swim in the astral realms. These are human souls that are busily astral. And so when we're taking fishes of men, the high enlightened beings, they're sending in their, 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 um, their lines of light um, into this water, this astral, because they live above that, they live in the realm of the soul or higher realms of enlightened beings, and they're fishermen, are they not? They're busy throwing their, 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 their lines into, with bait into the astral murk where people are swimming and they're trying to pull them out of their waters, they're trying to pull them out of their emotions and dry them up into the light of the spiritual sun and, um, and this is what um, Pisces is about, right? So this is what he means. Therefore, fishes of men means um, come to me and I'll, I'll show you how to pull these murky emotional people out of their emotions, which is the cause of their sicknesses and diseases. I'll dry them out of their psychicism and I'll show them the teachings of life. Um, and um, incidentally, the Last Supper of Jesus was um, the symbol of Aquarius. He told his disciples to, to go out into the streets and to meet a man bearing a pitcher of water. And there in the upper room of the of that um, that man's house, um, they took the Last Supper of the Passover. The man bearing the pitcher of water is Aquarius. And his whole dispensation of Jesus was pointing to the way of Aquarius, to the Aquarian dispensation. And the Last Supper, if you wish, um, where they partake the body and the blood of the Christ. Um, you know, eat this and drink this and remembrance of me, this is my body, this is my blood. Um, this wine and, and the bread is Aquarius. It's in the upper in the upper chamber of his room, which is the heart center or the heart and the head. Um, and Jesus um, said that that is um, where his disciples are to go to eat um, his body and his blood. Um, and um, so, if you read the Bible properly, or these sacred texts, all sacred texts, you'll find it's just full of astrological. Um, implications once it's properly covered. Was that the uh, transition from the Piscean age to the Aquarian age proper? The Last Supper did that symbolize that? The Last Supper symbolizes the the way of living in the New Age in the Aquarian age. He he uh, he came at the Piscean age, the beginning of the Piscean age, to give the Piscean disposition. But he told his disciples, and that was the twelve, to go out in the streets, um, into the world, and he's referring to their future lives. And um, in the Aquarian age, that is when they will all come together as a group of twelve and, um, and eat the, the wisdom teachings, the body and blood of Jesus, the, the true wisdom religion. Um, and so he therefore is referring to some time in the far distant future and in the next sign of the zodiac when the disciples would again come together the hierarchy of light he's talking about here and partake in the wisdom teachings of Jesus openly um, and sharing as a group um, not as individuals but to go into the streets meant as as individuals which is the Piscean age individualistic um, uh, determination Right, whereas in the Korean age, the individuals come together and band together and work for the common good, uh, not selfishness as in Pisces.
Mm. Um, do these twelve Buddhas represent the twelve petals of the the heart lotus? Yes, they represent the twelve petals of the heart lotus, and much could be said about those petals. It's um, yeah, quite a quite a wonderful. Um, quite a wonderful teachings to do the twelve petals. Maybe I'll give my students sometimes some teachings on the individual qualities of the petals. The other symbol down here, um, we've got a circle of a straight line and a and the eight armed cross. That is the way of meditation. That is the symbol of what a human being truly is. The circle up the top is the spirit, the monad. The eight armed cross is the soul, if you wish, or a star of light. And it's those eight directions I pointed, I explained before, the mutable cross and the fixed cross, um, fixed together. And the very point at the bottom is the moving eye. That's what a human personality is. Because you have to understand that all that we really are is wherever our sense perceptions are focused. Whatever your eye sees, that's what you are. Because everything is transient. There's nothing in you that is still or fixed. Um, your emotions are moving. So wherever the object of sense perception is, that's what a human being is. And it's moving from sense perception to sense perception. You take away your eyes, you can't see. Um, your sense perception may be the ears or the nose or whatever. And so it's just that moving point, the moving line. Um, I think in Omakayam, the moving line writes and having writ moves on. <laughs> right. And that's the, the, the point of that. Um, so... Um, that's what the human being is, and it's the science of meditation is fully explained in the Aquarian Age. It's the world server. As Pisces is the world saviour, the Aquarian is the world server. They serve the world, they serve everyone, they help everyone with their hands and their hearts. Right? Pisces is the master coming down and just, um, um, bringing in these cosmic energies, bringing death and destruction and whatever to everything, um, so that the new can be built. Um, that's um, that's a, a, a relatively quick um, explanation of the twelve signs of the zodiac, and um, but if we went into the constellations and we went into mythology and so forth, you'd see just how vast this whole subject is. Much more exciting than orthodox astrology. I personally do almost spend almost none of my time doing natal charts. Um, most of my time is is writing astrological information to do with cosmos and other things. It's the great illusion which all beings must um, transcend in order to become enlightened beings. 
You can't become an enlightened being while you still remain within that sack of, of emotions and and um, thought forms that have been created throughout time. And that includes your sangskaras and past lives. So that, um, that goes for the cycles of, of a year when we say all the... Um, the moon's in the moon's in Taurus, and so we we meditate on Taurus, especially on the full moon, and we we seem to have those energies coming through. Is that happening? Is that coming from Taurus? When the moon is in when the moon is in Taurus, the sun is in the pole opposite of Taurus, which is Scorpio. So it's a Taurus Scorpio gateway. And um, when you're meditating and you're trying to meditate, you're trying to rise yourself, you know, your mind above um, the cloud of, of emotions and, and the astral whirlpool of humanity. And therefore, you're trying to sort of receive true impressions from, from the signs of the zodiac, again, as turned out by hierarchy. And so these impressions come through, these high, um, awakened, aware states, by what we call the open gate of, of, of Scorpio, or the open gate of Taurus, and so forth. A visual depiction of, of how that happens in the cosmos, like you say it's an open gateway, so it's the planet directly behind the sun, and the energies just flood through. It's a little bit um, more complicated than that. I've mentioned to you before that the, um, the sun and the moon act as a, as a telescope. Um, a telescope from here outwards, in other words, the moon is the Ephric moon is a small lens and the sun, the Ephric sun, is a large lens and the enlightened being can look through the small lens to provide a large lens to any, any spot in the universe. Um, but for a great god, it's the opposite. It's a, it's a microscope and they look through the little big lens and small lens to a spot on this earth. Right? Um, but you really have to understand more to do with dimensions of perceptions and, and all these other things um, before this is properly understood. The best thing is just to think that there's, there's lens after lens after lens, like the kingdom of God is another lens, and then hierarchy is a smaller lens, and then a group such as this, if we all meditate and get it, is a smaller lens, which these, these entities can focus and, and, and tone down energies and awarenesses until eventually it comes down to a little group focusing on the surf. Um, according to how much maya and glamour is, is around their group aura, so impressions can come through or be aberrated or distorted by them. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's quite a uh, far vaster subject than what most people imagine. Science of meditation. Yeah, Christian. Seems like the uh, geometry is very Yes, the geometry is an important aspect. The old adage is God geometrizes. And to properly understand the way uh, the blueprints of enlightenment, you have to understand esoteric geometry. Uh, you can see it in all forms of mandalas, Hindu and Buddhist. It's all based on geometry, and divine geometry is, is um, the blueprint of, of consciousness and form. So, yes, all the geometry is interrelated, and um, I've spent most of my life uh, as, a as a geometry, divine geometry, uh, 
the astrology, the geometry, the the colours, the sounds, everything all interrelated. It's all one one philosophy. And um, uh, Laura and Ruth um, seen my, the, the, some of the geometry in Australia. The main geometry is this one here of the soul, and that's an eight foot diagram, which is one quarter scale, eight foot in diameter, which is one quarter scale of what it really needed to be. Um, to give the minimum amount of information of all the lines that, that are associated with it. It's quite a vast, vast, and that's what the soul is. Um, there's there's, this, there's um, 125 chakras on that, um, just the way that they all interrelated. And, um, it, it's uh, quite a vast meditation. It took me over seven years to work that, <laughs> that particular um, diagram out with all the philosophy behind it, working from first principles. It's um, the geometry is really the geometry of chakras and how chakras interrelate um, in space time on an ethric grid um, blueprint and ultimately the geometry is the same geometry as that that you see in the great you know, uh, great pyramid of Giza um, and the, the, all the, the calculations are based the initial calculations are based on on um, on time. The uh, the way that the Earth revolves around the Sun, uh, and the, the, the time of a great year, and it's all based on the rational numbers. And <laughs> we won't get into all that. It's quite a it's quite a vast vast subject. That's a... Well, of course, everything is geometry. Everything um, is geometry. Everything is mathematics. I mean, that's that's the whole basis to 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 physical plane sciences, maths. When I did science at university, I <laughs> I had to learn maths through, through my nose, and likewise, esoteric sciences, mathematics, the two are one. Um, everything is number. Everything is ordered. There's there's law, and law is number. Law is ordered. Law is universe. There's no such thing as chaos in this universe. The only thing that's chaotic is human beings' minds and emotions. That's chaos, and that's what fights against the order and rhythm of this universe. Right. And, um, and that's the reason why physics is the, the heart of science and physics is based on mathematics and mathematics is impeccably logic and it's just the laws of mind unfolding the mind of God and working out the principles of the universe it's just pure geometry, pure mathematics so that there's one there's one um Kingdom of nature is chaotic when everything else is ordered. And is it because that that it's the place of um, testing? So that's where all the crisis is happening. Um, well, yeah, it's got to do with human free will, hasn't it? And um, and the, the nature of becoming an enlightened being um, through through the principle of human free will. If we don't, if we, we don't, if we hadn't developed emotions, um, then we would never ever unfold love. But um, we have to use the mind to control the emotions, to understand the way emotions work. The emotions and mind together um, produce the terrible conditions of this planet. But um, once the emotions are controlled by mind, in such a way that wisdom is evoked, then we become enlightened beings. And 
if the emotions feed the mind, then we become dark rudder, we become black magicians, we create lots of karma for ourselves because we're busy um, taking from everything else around us in order to placate our emotions. The emotions only do one thing and it's distort and lie. But they're the basis to love. They're the basis also to give. The, I won't go too much into this because what we're really talking about is the difference between the way of evolution of the human kingdom and the angelic kingdom. See, the angelic kingdom don't have emotions. They only have love and mind. They are inherently mind developing love. We inherently love, which translates at the initial stages of evolution as emotions developing mind. So we go via the emotions to get to love via mind. I go via mind to understand the emotions to get to love. Anyway, we won't go too much into when you, know, you all understood a little bit about the um, the angelic kingdom and angelic and human interrelationship in my talk on divas on that tape. And so, if you go back to that, you learn more about the way of interrelationship between the two. And um, so, you can see that one is inherently love, the other one's inherently mind, and the two are complementary and must must um, develop the other's qualities and then blend and fuse to become one. And that's the way evolution is. So it's the emotions um, that makes things chaotic when we add emotions with mind, but the emotions are necessary for the awakening of the heart. We have free will, therefore we can fight against evolutionary purpose. We can fight against the plan of God, and therefore we can become black magicians and sorcerers and go backwards in evolutionary time. Or we can go with the plan of God and become enlightened beings and go forwards in evolutionary time. And humanity have got the free will to go to the left or the right. They can choose to incarnate myriads of times um, by manifesting left-hand practices, or they can choose to go the way of love and light and quickly evolve out of the human kingdom altogether and become divinity. And this is their choice create lots of karma or to cleanse it and the path is free for them to choose the majority of course are too young spiritually to know the difference in the path so um, they addicted to their forms of selfishness the rest of us are here to teach them the way of love and light so we have to teach them how not to be selfish how not to be too emotional in their way of thinking how to think logically and how to act by uniting our hands and hearts together for their common benefit so we can reduce a new civilization, this new Aquarian epoch. It's a long process. Thank you all for being here.